within a podcast where we watch spooky movies referenced in Scream. I'm Luke Patrick. And I'm Jackie Salaji. Uh, and uh, it's Christmas. Yes, yes it is. Uh, literally. So what do we do with Christmas? Well, folks, you know we watched the movie that uh, she had in the beginning of Scream rented. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's right, folks. We watched Children of the Corn 2. The final sacrifice. <laughs> Was it the final sacrifice? Was this the end of the Children of the Corn series? No. No, it was not. <laughs> um, it is, not, however, the only one we're watching. It's the only one we're watching, I think, thank God. Um, what was the, the character's name in the beginning of Scream? Casey. Casey. Yeah, Casey was in for a bad time. So she, uh, well, anyway, you can do this part. Why, why, why did we watch the second Children of the Corn movie? Because it was one of the tapes, VHS tapes, that Casey, uh, Drew Barrymore's character at the beginning of Scream, was going to watch when she was murdered horribly by Ghostface. That's what she was popping the popcorn for, folks. Yeah. Um, was to watch this flick, so we just finished it up and did it for her, considering she got murdered by Ghostface. Yeah, tragically, she was never able to take this in. I do like that in the beginning of Scream, when she's talking about having when Ghostface is like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I rented a video, or I'm just about to watch a video. And to me, the sentence, I'm about to watch a video, makes... <laughs> Perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But it occurred to me just now that, that uh, to our younger listeners, uh, God, I hope you're not too young. If you're a child, run. Go away. Yeah. Uh, don't listen to us. If and you're... don't listen to he who walks behind the rose. <laughs> no, don't listen to he who walks behind the rose either. If you're like a teen, that's fine. Uh, but yeah. if you're, yeah, anyway. Uh, for our younger listeners out there, I, I'm really curious if the phrase watch a video, they probably think it means YouTube. Yeah, like, oh, I'm popping popcorn to watch this three minute compilation of something or other on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, or Mr. Beast just dropped a big one. I'm going to go watch <laughs> this new Mr. Beast video and then floss a lot in my living room um, while yeah. I watch it. I don't know. Is that not how you watch your YouTubes? <laughs> it is not. How I consume my YouTubes uh, most of the time. Sometimes. Anyway, uh, all that to say we did watch uh, 92s? I I think 93. 93s, Children of the Corn 2. And yeah, what's... uh, So we established why why we did that. Uh, Jackie, what's your relationship to the... Let's just go broad with it. The Children of the Corn franchise. Not a... I guess I think my mom has commented previously that when she was younger, she saw the first one and it creeped her out. That is the extent of my knowledge <laughs> of these movies going in. Uh, and the first one came out in 84 when my mom was in her mid-20s. So uh, I don't know 
you can probably tell from that that my mom is not a huge horror buff. Sure. Which is fine. Yeah, it's not everybody's cup of tea. No. But here in Horror Hut, obviously we're big fans. Of um, course. Yeah, to answer my own question, I have been pretending that I've seen Children of the Corn for a long time. Really? Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> it keeps coming up. Like, people will reference Children of the Corn, and I just nod and smile. Oh. I haven't been lying to people. Okay, okay. So this isn't like an active con that you're running. It's just... No, it's not a long con where I... An assumption you're not correcting. Yeah, it's just not worth it to me to correct the people's people's idea that I haven't seen Children of the Corn. Because everyone seems to, like... Children of the Corn is, like, deeply embedded in the horror psyche, I feel like. Is it? I think this, so. <laughs> this is not my experience. I guess, I don't know. It's really funny how, like, I, the different people that you can talk to in your life and different parts of the country you're from. I don't know. Maybe no one in Pennsylvania watched Children of the Corn. <laughs> we had a lot of corn. It would yeah. have made sense. You're uh, all too busy watching Signs on repeat. Yeah. Signs was filmed where in my town, uh, which... I feel like needs to be referenced when I talk about Children of the Corn. Uh, there's a lot of corn, but not not like uh, Nebraska levels of corn. I yeah. guess. But there were there were cornfields. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't remember anyone ever referencing Children of the Corn in my personal like horror life so that's just really interesting to me yeah maybe it was screenwriting classes um i don't know i just remember children of the corn coming up quite a bit fascinating um at some point or other uh, as far as classics in the horror genre go so we'll never know though because we didn't true hanksy panksy fashion uh that i guess you know to to put it out there Neither of us has seen Children of the Corn nope. original. Or read the Stephen King source material. No. Or anything. Nope. So <laughs> true Hanksy Panksy fashion, we're starting with the sequels. Yep. Uh doesn't get much more Hanksy Panksy than that. And uh I gotta tell you, well before we dig into the the plot on this one, Jackie, did it make any sense to you? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> there were at least three times in this movie that something happened and I just stared at the screen and went, what? <laughs> so overall, no, it did not make much sense. There were there were plenty of parts that I was like, okay, okay, I think I get what's going on. I think it's this. I think this is what's happening. And then something would happen and I'd be like, what? Yeah. So... How about you? Did it make sense to you? <laughs> it made... Here's what I gathered. And you can dig into... I'll ask you for the plot here in just a second. Oh, that'll but, be fun. Um, <laughs> we can keep it short. Uh, basically, I gather that the kids from Gatlin, I think, Nebraska... <laughs> yeah. Um, ...have a corn cult and appear to have murdered all the adults in Gatlin and then are, like, shipped off to Hereford. Or something. Hartford. I don't know. Some neighboring Nebraskan town where they slowly kill all the adults there. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why they have a corn cult. I think um, because God is in the corn. 
It's sort of unclear. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Anyway, that all that to say that no, uh, from the jump, because this one I gathered picks up right where the first one leaves off. It seems like it, at least. Uh, yeah. That's that's what they want you to think. I don't know if it does. I read, after we watched this, I read the general plot summary on Wikipedia of the first one. Did it help? I am more confused now. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. All right. Well, with that out of the way, what's the plot of Children of the Corn 2? All right. Gatlin, Nebraska. We open with a bunch of decomposing corpses being found. Uh, over 50, they say, in the news report. And uh, basically, the entire town's adults have been wiped out and the, like, I don't know, local sheriff and folks are rounding up the children who are now orphans uh, and putting them on a bus to like be brought to be taken in by families of this neighboring town. And uh, as as we see like reporters swarming this very weird incident, uh, we meet our protagonist, uh, this I guess, tabloid reporter yeah. uh, and his son who hates him. His estranged son. Yes, who's like a teenager. <clears throat> and so they're in the car. The son is being a dick to the dad. May or may not deserve it. We don't really have much backstory here. Just, you know, you were never there for me. Okay. Uh, they run into a rival reporter that makes fun of the dad for being a tabloid guy. Yeah, for some reason they know each other. There are only two reporters in Nebraska. Did you not know this? Yeah, but didn't they drive from New York to I get to... I don't know, man. <laughs> hey, it's Bill, the tabloid reporter. Yeah. Said it's... the guy from the local news station. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, And then we find out that the dad is like desperate to fix his career and getting a big story will help so the children murdering adults in this town is going to save his career so that is why he is here uh then we watch the rival reporter and his other his partner i guess uh who are in a van drive into a cornfield and die uh yep kicking off events with blatantly supernatural occurrences that have no children involved um they get like force lightninged in the corn and then uh one gets his throat slashed by a piece of corn yeah and the other one gets stabbed in the throat by a flying stalk of corn that goes through the windshield um so we we start getting a body count pretty quick which aligns with the standard horror sequel rules as established in Scream 2. And then... It'd be be groovy to dig into those sequel rules. Yes. But we don't... In our universe, Scream 2 doesn't exist. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Never mentioned it. Uh, So yeah, then we get this town and the adults start slowly dying and we meet the new leader of... Children who want to murder their parents. Uh, Micah. Micah. The names of the kids are pretty great. Well, they all wear like overalls and farm sweaters. And they all have names like Zebediah and Micah. And Mordecai. Mordecai. 
And Isaac, I guess, was the one that was in the first movie and they reference him, but I guess he's dead. I don't know. So Micah is running things now uh, and he's like really into killing the adults. Like he feels very strongly about this. It's kind of weird, to be honest. Um, I don't know if the the actor was just like, I want to be remembered for this role. So choose on the scenery from the beginning to the end. But uh, it's a lot. So... Yeah, they start killing off the adults, seemingly kind of at random. Uh, Like at first they're going after this old woman who tries to tell everybody that the children are evil. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, they they really just want to kill everyone ultimately. So I guess it doesn't really matter what order they go in. Uh, So they kill this woman. She is telling everyone that she's going to take her house and leave. And we see her house is like up on like risers like she is going to load it up on a truck and leave but then she chases her cat under the house and the kids uh drop the house on her and we get spoilers this is definitely my favorite kill because we get this completely (laughs) random gratuitous unexplained wizard of oz reference where she goes oh what a world what a world as she's being crushed by a house and then her feet are sticking out from underneath the house like the wicked witch of the east referencing both wicked witches from the wizard of oz so that's fun and then her sister shows up and turns out to be named ms west (laughs) And it's like, who yeah. killed my sister? So that- we're, we're like one tin man away from just a direct. I was just homage waiting. To the Wizard of Oz. I was waiting for her to be like threatening the children and their dog or something. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this never comes up again. She also gets murdered by the children. But like it. Who Miss West? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The woman in the in the electronic chair. Yes. The, uh, yeah, the wheelchair. But yeah, so. Uh, To move things along a little bit, uh, adults are just being murdered in various ways around town. Yeah. Uh, Because it's a sequel, we, there's a lot, there's a pretty solid body count in this one. I didn't count, but it's, it's not small. Uh, meanwhile, we have father and son still fighting, but they're staying at a bed and breakfast with the woman who took Micah in, uh, and the father has a thing for her. And then the son meets a girl that he likes in town. And so they're flirting and falling in love. Canoodling and whatnot. Yeah, being teenagers, I guess. And then uh, as all this is happening, the dad starts investigating. And he looks into, uh, I guess it's an abandoned school, probably again from the first movie. And he's looking around and then he meets uh, Dr. Red Bear. It is. I don't think he explains why he's there. Does he? No, he's... Well, there's no good way to put it. He's sort of the exposition vehicle. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. And uh, he himself is a Native American man. Um, and it's not great that there's sort of an eco-plot at work here. It's weird. And he's sort of the, forced into being the, the like mouthpiece Yep. For the exposition of... The number of times he said, my ancestors believed. Yeah, like, oh, because there's a spirit or something that's, like, behind. It's got, like, an eco-revenge kind of supernatural motive. Yeah. And so he's sort of... Yeah, he says a lot of stuff about, like, oh, my ancestors talked of the spirit. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Anyway, yeah, moving on. So, yeah, uh, the dad meets Dr. Red Bear and gets, like, this 
uh, information about what may or may not be happening um, and keeps investigating. And then uh, more adults die. We start getting hints that there's some kind of weird conspiracy going on between the medical examiner and the sheriff or chief of police. Uh, because they're, like, having secretive conversations, like they've been covering something up. And then the medical examiner gets got by the children. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. I'm Honestly, there's just so much going on in this movie. I'm starting yeah. to lose the thread. It's all uh, good. At some point, we get uh, the dad and Dr. Red Bear are, like, looking into things. And they find... A bunch, a big storage area full of moldy corn. Yeah. With a specific kind of mold that can make people crazy, especially children. And so they immediately jump to the conclusion that this made all of the children uh, kill their parents because that's a corn thing that happens. It is known. So they're like, oh, someone is keeping this. They're planning on mixing it in with the like the good harvest corn so that they can sell it and make more money. Um, This is definitely like an evil conspiracy for money that is poisoning everyone in the area. And uh, it's super bad. And they like walk out and run into the sheriff who holds a gun on them and is like, yep, it was me. I'm going to kill you now because you found out my evil money-making plot that the medical examiner and sheriff were in on trying to sell corn. Which is amazing because neither one of these people are farmers. No. (laughs) I don't. We have an evil corn conspiracy. Well, whose corn is it? Well, don't don't worry about it. Unclear. Unclear. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they're just part-time sheriff and Emmy and their day job is corn. I don't know. Maybe Gatlin County, Nebraska, doesn't see a lot of like need for an Emmy or a sheriff, so they yeah sort of moonlight as those roles, and then otherwise sure. grow ergot corn. Yep. So uh, instead of just shooting them, he takes them into a cornfield, ties them up, and plans to run them over with a, a, harvest, a combine harvest, harvester combine harvester thing. Um, so, of course, it's like a James Bond murder plot. So, of course, they have a ton of time to get out of their ropes and yeah. escape this. Um, They're like extremely loose ropes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And he tells them his whole plan first. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, so, yeah, this has nothing to do with the children. I want to be clear. Like, it is very clear in this movie that the kids are worshipping some kind of corn god. Yeah. Not just, like, mold influence. Well, also, they introduced this red herring of the mold corn. Yeah. And then within the same ten minutes that they, like, they introduced it at minute one. By minute ten, they have escaped the sheriff and we've forgotten all about this red herring that's not how red herrings work yeah you don't just fire them out of a t-shirt cannon at people and then (laughs) move on the minute the fish hits the pavement like yep anyway Um, so yeah it's it's weird but that happened um and then the the kids decide that they need to sacrifice some people to their corn gods isn't it always the case with these cults yeah, I mean, the corn god's got to be fed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they 
first they uh there's a big meeting of like all the adults including the sheriff and the kids lock them in and set the place on fire uh and then they kidnap the bed and breakfast lady and basically the father and son's love interests and tie them to corn altars and are about to kill them Oh, I forgot to say, Micah did manage to recruit the son to the corn cult, basically by being like, isn't your dad a dick? Adults are all hypocrites. We should kill them. Yeah, I want to dig into that because they they the movie says that he's been indoctrinated and pulled in. Yeah. But I don't know that I believe It's that. kind of ambiguous whether he is actually, like, drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, but basically everything in this movie is a little ambiguous. Yeah. So... Remind me to follow up on drinking the Kool-Aid later. Okay. There's something I want to talk about there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they they try to get the Danny, the teenage son, yeah. to kill his girlfriend, uh, which he does not do, and instead frees her, and they're, they have a big fight in the cornfield. Uh, the... Dad and Dr. Red Bear show up and they try to stop the sacrifice and there's fighting and they get recaptured. They escape, they get recaptured, all this stuff happens. And then uh, it ends, the fight ends with Micah getting run over by the Combine Harvester. So while very slowly, very, very slowly while screaming and being force lightninged and then his face changes to this weird demon thing at the last second and then the demon thing goes away and it's just Micah. So it's like he's been possessed this whole time, but now it has left him just in time for regular human Micah to get completely. Yeah. Like Fargo'd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then. Dr. Red Bear gets shot with an arrow and dies for no fucking reason. <laughs> no reason. And, like, is the one that actually manages to run Micah over. So he, like, I don't know, kind of sacrifices himself, but not really on purpose. Yeah. And then uh, everyone is fine. And then they burn his body on a pyre at the end. Which, as I pointed out, is, folks... Let's say a dear friend dies. I know it's tempting to build a Star Wars style <laughs> Jedi p- funeral pyre, Viking style, in your backyard. Like in the, at the place that they died, while you're still wearing the same clothes. So they like immediately. Yeah. They were like, "Well, there's only one thing to do, and it's not called the coroner, and nope. get the like, official record of this. Nope, it's to burn him." Yep. So I know it's tempting, but folks, you gotta... <laughs> it's not a great idea. You gotta call the coroner's office. Yeah, call the FBI at this point, because the <laughs> local coroner has already been killed. True. So... Maybe call the next county over, possibly Fox Mulder, the FBI. I think he would really like to see this <laughs> yes, sort of in detail. Um. Yeah, so... Oh, and there's one last scene where we see uh, Dr. Red Bear painting a rock yeah and then fading like a force ghost uh yeah that was the third time i went what (laughs) (laughs) at the screen so and that's the end of the movie yeah um so that's children of the corn too the final sacrifice i guess yeah i am so confused 
Yeah, what'd you think of this one? In in one word. Let's do our one word. Uh I got mine if you need a second. I'm gonna go with ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, ambiguous is a good one. Or maybe unclear. I just realized mine's not quite a word. But it is a very succinct phrase. What's yours? It is. This movie is, well, I can do it in one, is HFC. It is high fructose corn syrup. Hmm. It seems good. <laughs> but then you start sort of realizing that there's only like a surface level sweetness uh, or nutritional value to this because. It's also made of corn. It's also made of corn. Yeah. It's made of corn and it's well nutritionally done. pretty vapid. Well done. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, fuck. You told me to remind you about something. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Just throwing this out there because this is a cult movie. And uh, I hope listeners know that uh, the phrase drinking the Kool-Aid references the Jonestown deaths where a bunch of cultists drank poisoned flavor aid. It wasn't actually Kool-Aid, but... Uh, we refer to it as Kool-Aid. It was off-brand Kool-Aid. That's the power of a brand right there. It really is. Is uh, You know, a bunch of people kill themselves with like... Your competitor. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, that was probably Kool-Aid that they drank. Yep. Uh, so they... And they all died. And it's this very famous incident of a really horrifying real-life cult that was referenced in the beginning of this movie. Did you catch that? not really no rival reporter uh as he is passing by the dad in the beginning uh makes a comment about that time that we were both at jonestown yes okay here's what's crazy because they kind of imply that dad was a bigwig reporter yeah he used to work for newsweek right but what's crazy is that we don't see that flavor of him no he doesn't show up like Hunter S. Thompson, Gonzo style, like he's a bad boy that got fired. No, he just he's shows, just wandering around. Yeah, he just seems really incompetent. <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, kind of my big problem with this movie and why Casey was going to have a, a less than entertaining time. Mm-hmm. We are told things are happening in this movie, but there's very little show. Like yeah. the Like uh, Danny and Lacey, his girlfriend that he meets. Mm-hmm. We're basically told they're in a relationship now. They've spoken to each other like, oh, three times? Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, there's this little bit that maybe is supposed to be a joke where she practically admits that she just seduced him so she so he would take her to New York because she wanted to leave town. Which, good for her. Good for her, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because Danny, uh, just to double back really quick, is from New York. Technically Long Island. Um, hey, that's in New York it's State. It's in New York, uh, but she thinks he's from New York City. And I just was talking to Jackie about how amazing it would be to every time she's like, yeah, will you take me to New York? If he just went technically Long Island. Uh, just to temper expectations. Just to then. temper expectations. <laughs> but. Uh, no offense, Long Island. No offense, we Long Islanders. Uh, yeah, it just. You're different, you know? You know it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not Manhattan. And I think that's what she has in her head. Um, I mean, if you're coming from uh, Gatlin, Nebraska. Oh, baby, it's all going to be different. Yeah. 
pretty much anywhere in the Northeast. You could be in my hometown that I grew up in and be like, is this New York? And yeah, yeah. compared to... Compared to Gatlin, <laughs> Nebraska. Um, shit, what were we talking... Okay, so the Kool-Aid. But yeah, they, they make it out. That's a good example of this. Like, they make Dad out to be like he was some big badass reporter. But as far as we can tell, he's kind of a bumbling jerk. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he just kind of wanders around and asks people random questions. There's not, like, a lot of strategy to it no. or anything. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of curious how he explains all of this, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that the story's going to sell, like, hotcakes. And then also, another example of this is at the end of the movie, they're piling into this car to drive away from the scene of the funeral pyre. <laughs> um, which, folks, if you're gonna do a backwoods fire, you gotta make sure it's all embers and taken care of before you leave. It's in a cornfield. It's in a cornfield. You just need a little bit of a breeze, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which may be a good thing, given that there's actually an evil spirit wandering around there, but still, sure. they don't seem to realize that. No, they just drive off into the sunset, but as they're doing so. Son pats dad on the back and says, you're all right, dad. We've seen them do nothing but fight with each other up to this point. And then they have a big fight together. Like, like they combat the evil spirit in Micah. Yep. And I guess that's enough for them to be like, you're all right. <laughs> you know what? Maybe this town is big enough for the two of us. So you just got to get in mortal combat together with some kind of possessed teenager and then your relationship is repaired. Yeah, some people go paintballing. Other people drive to Gatlin, Nebraska. And fight a corn god. And fight a corn god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I do want to talk about the corn god. Yeah, let's talk about bit. the corn god. So they refer to him as he who walks behind the rose. Uh, and by they, I mostly mean Micah. The other corn cult kids uh, seem to be familiar with this and believe Micah and all of that. So they'll occasionally mention him, but mostly it's Micah just going around being like, he who walks behind the rose wants this and thinks that and will not allow you to escape and all of this stuff. And it is never really explained from that end of the story, who or what this thing is. Yeah. Um, We get the weird like eco uh, revenge theory from the uh, completely Dr. separate storyline with yeah. Dr. Red Bear and the reporter guy um, who don't know about the cult. So unclear whether that's actually remotely accurate or relevant. Hey, that's a really good point because they don't know about the cult until they show up and there's a bunch of kids trying to sacrifice people, which is they just think it's mold. wild. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do think it's just mold. Yeah. But they show up in the middle of this cornfield sacrifice, and what are they going to think? Like, holy Better shit. Better run them over with a combine harvester. <laughs> right. Better hit these teenagers that are high on mold <laughs> with my combine harvester. Yeah, it's the only solution. Yeah. So, so yeah. I They, they don't really have an explanation for he who walks behind the rose. Uh, but the way Micah talks sounds very similar to the way the various preachers and crazy radio preachers in the movie talk about god yeah. he talks a lot about sin and purity and uh it just feels like he thinks that it's god god like capital g god 
Christian God, I guess. Yeah. Um, but this is never clarified. Uh, and I'm just curious if that was what was intended or if it was supposed to be like a parallel that comments on religious extremism or something. I think, because we do yeah. get like a, a preacher in the church ranting about how the children murdered all of their parents because of heavy metal and sex in movies. Yeah, grunge is what made uh, Gatlin, all the kids in Gatlin. Yeah. Fucking gang their parents. It was uh, all that grunge and heavy metal. Um, don't let your kids listen to Tool. It's that easy. <laughs> then they won't murder you. It's the only way to be safe, you guys. Yeah, just keep them away from Meshuga. Um, yeah. Hey, what I, do you think he who walks behind the rose is? <laughs> I think what I was about to say, I think it's supposed to be a parallel because this movie is not subtle and does everything extremely ham-fistedly. I think it beat us over the head so consistently with preachers, both on the radio. It, everybody in a 100-mile radius of this movie is listening to these, like, crazy radio preachers. Yep. Like, the M.E. as he's doing stuff late at night. What do you do when you want to just chill out and relax? Well, I might put on a podcast, watch a movie, read a book. He's listening to fucking Billy Graham on Coke um, <laughs> rant through the radio. So I guess that's how he unwinds. But yeah, I think it's meant to be a parallel, but it just doesn't execute it well enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I think seeing the first movie would help a lot here. It might, yeah. <laughs> but as far as I can gather, because the poster says that this thing is an interdimensional... Yeah. Thing, which would be very Stephen King. An evil from another dimension. An evil from another dimension. That's very Stephen King to me. Yeah. But then I'm wondering if the eco, it seems like the eco revenge thing was shoehorned into this movie. Yeah. And probably wasn't a part of the first one. That's kind of the sense I get. I don't know. Like, yeah. the, the, the little bit of reading I did on the first one made it sound more like the first one it was... Almost like a pagan god that they were sacrificing to get a better harvest. Mm. Um, I don't know why it had to be children. That wasn't clear, but... Yeah, and I don't know why... Okay, so there's a thing that bugs me about the children versus adults thing. And it's really stupid. But That's Micah, when he's first indoctrinating... Uh, what's his face? Danny... Danny. He's talking to him, and he's like, yeah, these adults are super hypocritical, aren't they? And Danny's like, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And he's like, yeah, it's amazing. When you turn 19, mm -hmm. it's like you suddenly become this different thing. Hang on. So in the U.S., you're it's 18. Yeah. It, it's just 18. <laughs> so are they, I guess they're chill with an added year. I don't yeah. You get to legally be so you can still be in the cult. You can buy a gun and vote for one year. I guess I mean it kind of makes sense that he who walks behind the rose doesn't give a shit about US law. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, which is not But what they I'm still pick a year. Right. And it's just weird to me that they're like 19. Yep, yep that's it. You're <laughs> the minute you turn 19, that's over, man. Um, also, was Lacey? I thought Lacey was like, because she mentioned something about when I turn 18. Yeah. So was she 
supposed to be 19? I thought she was like 17. I think they're just really inconsistent with it. I think she turned 18 and that's why they were sacrificing her. But according to Micah... It should be 19. It should be 19. So what are we really doing here? That's what's inconsistent about this movie. Yeah, that... We found and, it. That and nothing else. Otherwise, this movie is a tour de force, a Wes Anderson level <laughs> tour de force of continuity and unified aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. And clarity of message and yeah. of, like what actually is fucking happening yeah uh at any given time it's pretty perfect yeah casey was uh right to rent this movie from blockbuster before ghostface murdered her um yep it would have been out for like three years by that point so i don't know maybe they didn't have that many options at blockbuster that night (laughs) yeah maybe because yeah it was so she got um halloween great pick yeah uh, we watched that one. That one went down smooth. Yep. Little and it's boring, her but... favorite movie. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So she got, so she goes to Blockbuster and says, I'm going to get my favorite. I'm going to get Halloween. And it's in the same section. Presumably it's the video store where Randy works. Now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Which it's may or be. may not be a Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, But she's in the same horror section where Randy stocks the shelves and sees What's this? Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. And I guess just snaps it up. Um, Little did she know. Maybe that's why Ghostface killed her. Because she just has terrible (laughs) terrible taste taste. in movies. I don't know. Maybe she really liked the first one and thought maybe this one would be good. I don't know. The first one apparently has a pretty strong cult following. So, And I'm open to it. A corn cult following. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm open to it. I'll. I would be interested to check out the first one out of curiosity at this point. Yeah. Um. This one, not so much. I don't know. It's. Yeah, I don't want to keep going with the series. No. I feel like in a lot of ways this mirrors when Sam and I did uh, Need for Speed or not Need for Speed. Oh, I wish. Fast and the Furious. (laughs) Um, I think we started with six. Or five. Five or six. Whenever The Rock shows up. Yeah, I have no idea. It was somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. And much like this movie, I have a little bit of an interest in seeing how where it started. Oh, that's okay. You already did. We saw Point Break. Did you watch Point Break. Yeah, Point Break is the first Fast and the Furious movie. Just, except for the ending. Yeah, except for the ending. Um, but uh, I don't have any interest in pursuing it further. Yeah. Going, the ghosts of movies' future can stay away. Yep. Basically. Um, yeah, this, uh, everywhere I looked, <laughs> kept pointing out that this was the last Children of the Corn movie to be released in theaters. After this one, it was direct to video. Hmm. So this was like the one that they invested in. Yeah, this was a big ticket number for them. That's concerning for the sequels, I gotta say. Um, I mean, I enjoyed myself. I wasn't bored. No, it's got a lot of schlocky B-movie fun. Yeah. Which I guess leads me to the the usual round of questions. So, Jackie, did we see boobs? Uh, No, we did get Lacey in a bikini top and uh, unbuttoning her blouse, but never actually saw bare breasts. Yeah. And here's what's weird, and I wanted to talk about this. Weirdly... 
for a movie that doesn't strictly like doesn't directly objectify women in that like sort of nudity sense Mm -hmm. which is what we've seen over and over with these like 70s and 80s movies um i'd say this one's weirdly worse in terms of female agency within a horror movie does that track for you because like they don't do they serve Lacey and the woman at the bed and breakfast who says she's a high-powered executive before she bought this place so yeah like, clearly she's like really a self-confident self-made woman like neither one of these people really does anything other than get captured i think the only female character with much agency is a uh, lady that got crushed by a house yeah <laughs> It's a good point. She's got a plan. She tries to follow through on it. And then she gets murdered and proven right that the children were going to murder. Yeah. So that's about it. Everyone else is just kind of there to be uh, moved around like chess pieces. Even like the corn cult had some female members that we have no knowledge of. Yeah. Like, there's a whole scene of them indoctrinating this new girl, Ruth or something. Ruth, who we didn't see before. No. <laughs> They're just like, oh, yeah, good. Ruth is joining us. We're like, who the fuck who is the Ruth? Who the fuck is Ruth? Uh, so, yeah. No, I definitely agree that the women in this movie, except for maybe uh, Witch cut, Crushed by a House Lady, um, have no agency or character or yeah. anything pretty much at all they are uh very much a sexy lamp yeah pretty much the epitome of it uh which is just weird considering i don't know is is this is okay let's get meta with horror for a second okay um it is a scream related podcast yeah it is a scream related podcast so staying within that although i don't think the boys in scream would ever talk about this one I don't think Randy was thinking about a feminist intersection of horror. Probably not, um, but yeah, but um, Sydney might have gotten into it. I think there's a lot maybe to be said for some of the classics we've looked at so far, anyway. But like the final girl mm-hmm. is is like women doing stuff in cinema in a, during a time when that was not the norm, perhaps, right? Yeah, I think so. I always liked that horror really lets uh, female characters really get their hands dirty, as it were, a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that's, broadly speaking, horror is a a place where a lot of uh, advancements have been made over Mm. the decades, just in general. Um, Like, they, of course, they have some really seriously problematic stuff too but they have yeah but because it is uh largely ignored by the mainstream genre yeah like they they can kind of experiment more and they try things and they don't necessarily need as much buy-in financially because they tend to be cheaply made Mm -hmm. uh so they probably have generally less executive meddling and less like censorship of uh interesting ideas so i think that there is something very cool about horror as the place where a lot of things start yeah and female for lack of better word empowerment is definitely on that list for me and people who have done a lot more 
study of this have done much more in-depth stuff on the like, feminist interpretation of horror. So I'm not going to pretend that I am anything like an expert. But I don't know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. I, it just jives with me after like comparing this movie to even like Halloween, which we thought was like kind of not dull, but like a, a template that a lot yeah. of other things built on. So it was just like a simpler version of a slasher. Yeah. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is fucking making it happen. Yes. Throughout that movie. Uh, Carrie, obviously she gets oh, hers. Love Carrie. Um, and it's so focused. I think what sticks out to me is not just that it's got like, strong female characters but like it's really focused on what they want and what they're doing in their lives at the time a lot of like yeah. for slasher movies in particular like their characters aren't strong in the sense of like badass they're strong in the sense of like there there was strong development of their characters in yeah. the story yeah and they might also be badass like Sydney right. and Scream Sure. Given the final shot to the head on But on that's that's Billy. less important in yeah. my opinion. Oh yeah. Than like give them actual character. Yes, absolutely. Because like uh, Neve Campbell's whole deal and scream is that like she's consistently got like the death of her mom is going on, uh, and mm-hmm. her like her recovery from that, her relationship with her dad, trying to figure out her future. Yeah. Like she's she's so well rounded. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and like even like Casey is introduced as like I really like horror movies. This is what I'm doing, and I'm you know maybe gonna like have a weird conversation with a stranger on a phone and get murdered within ten minutes of my character's introduction. But I still feel like I know her. Yeah, like she gets introduced, and we feel like she's a person that we could hang out with and watch movies with. Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel that way about Lacey or Bed and Breakfast Lady. No, we, we don't even know her name. <laughs> I'm sure they said it. Oh, I'm I sure don't they did. It. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that makes me feel a lot less crazy thinking that they they seem a lot like sexy lamps. Yes. Uh, in this situation. And I guess... I don't know. I wonder if maybe there's something we can pick off the list that gets into some uh, queer stuff as well. Ooh. Which would be super cool. Um, Because like you're saying, like... Yeah, we've got some options. (laughs) Horror is like always the like stronghold of marginalized people in a lot of ways. Like like for exactly the reasons that you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not as uh, big budget or as tightly watched as a lot of mainstream stuff is. Yeah. Um, so we've talked at length about how people like, um, what's his name? And did Chucky Don Mancini? Yes. Don Mancini got to like introduce a whole lot of like gender weirdness throughout yes. Chucky. It's great. Which is fantastic. It's so weird and it's great. Um, who's the guy behind Hellraiser? Uh, Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Which was what I was going to suggest. If you want to get into some oh, queer stuff, is Hellraiser on the list. Hellraiser's on the okay, list. Okay, now we're talking. But yeah, like Pinhead and his gang are all like leather clad BDSM queer enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's not subtle. <laughs> it's not subtle at all. So yeah, it's just 
it is interesting to see a movie like Children of the Corn too. Mm-hmm. That uh, and don't at me. I know there's there's plenty of problems within horror, and obviously there's lots of sexy lamps to be found. Yeah. Um, but it is amazing to me that if you take like some of the classics, like we've just watched for this series, um, yeah, it's full of women doing badass shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, rant over. Uh, didn't didn't see boobs. <laughs> Yes. No, no actual shots of boots. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite? This was pretty schlocky. So what was your favorite gill? You got a lot to pick from this time around. I got to go with house crushing. That was just so. Yeah. It was so ridiculous with the weird Wizard of Oz references. Uh, but it was really funny. It made me actually laugh. And I enjoy that. In yeah. Yeah in a horror movie kill how about you what was your favorite mine is easy as well it's uh miss west ah. sister of crushed house lady yes um and she is so the kids like rig up a like rc car controller mm-hmm. um to their to her like her wheelchair her mobility dude yeah somehow somehow so yeah, they yeah. like steer her into the road. Yeah, and she like n- barely misses a car. Mm-hmm. Like a car barely misses her. Uh, and she's like, oh shit. And then they wheel her into the middle of the street and stop it. And she's like, oh, thank God. It finally stopped misbehaving. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then she gets fucking punted <laughs> into the air by a big old like dump truck mm-hmm. and sails through a bingo hall window when. My favorite part about this is that it's practical effects because it's clearly just a mannequin with a wig on it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, doesn't look like an old lady at all. It looks like a mannequin with a wig on it. And then they just toss it in the chair through the window. Uh, It's fantastic. So that's probably my favorite kill. I did like the guy being like, but I got bingo. (laughs) But I got bingo. Yeah, uh, so that was yeah. my favorite. Uh, lots nice. to pick from. There was some good schlocky. I don't know. Do you? I don't think I recommend this one. Yeah, not really. Yeah, it's a toughie. What could we recommend instead that's kind of an interesting sequel? Um, or maybe not even a sequel, but just like hmm. a schlocky, like this type of horror. Because we actually haven't. This is completely unelevated ground level horror yeah uh man i don't know i i will say just because like okay we recently recorded for krampus uh so it's already on my mind anyway but some of the background music in this movie was very reminiscent of some of the score and might actually be some of the score in trick or treat so I kept thinking about how much better Trick or Treat is as far as like children murdering adults go, yeah. uh, which is a thing that happens in Trick or Treat. Uh, I that's it's just so much better. Uh, or hey, go see Signs, see my hometown. Signs could be cool. Um, I'm kind of thinking Child's Play. Oh, Child's Play is great. Is a similar like. Doesn't take itself very seriously and is a horror movie. Yeah. Very ground level. It, I wouldn't call it a B movie per se. Watch Child's Play 2. Child's Play 2 is way, yeah. 
Because it, it escalates like sequels are supposed to do. If you want a movie like Children of the Corn 2, but good, Child's Play 2. Child's Play 2. Go see Charles Lee Ray in The Body of a Doll. Yeah. Uh, known serial killer and voodoo enthusiast Charles Lee Ray. Yep. Uh, jump into a, ch- a Chucky doll and kill kind of a lot of people in yeah. increasingly hilarious ways. Yep. It's yeah. great. It is. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I feel good in that recommendation. Child's Play 2 instead of Children of the Corn 2. Yes. Um. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about Children of the Corn 2? Anything else stick out? Yes. Uh, I was disappointed. Genuinely disappointed after th- hearing the name of this movie and seeing posters and like the we watched this on max and so like the picture that pops up when you go to the page for this movie on max uh, are all of children there are very few children in this yeah. children of the corn movie there were a lot of teenagers who were probably played by 20 somethings i didn't look up their ages i meant to yeah uh but like micah does not look like a child. He looks like a, just a guy. Like a late teen. And I, there are plenty of horror movies with teenagers killing people. It's not that interesting. I was really hoping for some creepy child action. Creepy children are creepy. Yeah. Yeah. A cult of actual children would have been creepy and it would have been fun. Even if the child actors couldn't act, I would still be okay with that. It would yeah. still be interesting. Well, even if, because there's like scenes, okay, so like when they burn the people alive, they have all the blinds closed at the town hall and then they flip them open and mm-hmm. there's just kids staring back at them. Yeah. It's kind of creepy because it's kind of creepy. Right. But it would have been way more creepy if it had been a bunch of like six to eight year olds. Oh, that would have been great. Just staring back. Or even even going up to (laughs) preteen. Yeah. Like even if you're like 10 10 to 12 year olds, that would still be like way, way creepier than a bunch of like 20 somethings that are playing teenagers. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I see the point. Um yeah, and, there's yeah, a, there's I'm, a guy at some point, I forget what he says, but it's in the corn sacrifice scene. Oh, at the end, yeah. Oh, I think he says something like, get back, you. But instead of going, get back, you, he's like, get back, you. <laughs> I'm like, that's a 32-year-old man's voice. Yep. Because we don't really see him, we just hear the voice. It may have been ADR'd, actually, by someone in the studio who just is like, yeah, teen? Okay, I can deliver a teen. <laughs> Stand back, you. They were like, yep, don't care enough. Yeah, especially given that, like, all of these kids are like, we hate adults in their, like, extremely adult voices. Yeah, well, it's also weird to me because they kept banging on about how adults are awful. Is this like a Logan's Run situation? Like, what happens when you folks turn 19, which is coming up for most of you? Yeah, like... You're all pretty much on the verge right now. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know. know. It's it's confusing. It makes no sense. I'm not going to spend any more time trying to really decipher. I feel like all of the, the images too. that I have seen associated with at least the first one are like kids that look maybe like 10 with glowing eyes. We got none of that. We got none of that. They're just like teens. Yeah. Teens with regular old eyeballs. Who are killing people in like normal ways that are not 
terribly interestingly a cult either. Yeah. Or using farming implements, which is the other thing. Like, I feel like the poster for the first one was like a little girl holding a giant sickle. That's that's some good shit. Use that. Yeah. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But nope. Instead, we just got teens killing people. I guess crushing someone with a house is is not supernatural in the slightest. Uh, no. Really just sort of a crime of opportunity when yeah. you think about it. It's really not that interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it was interesting for, like, reasons that had nothing to do with them. Uh, just because of the, like, weird Wizard of Oz moment that they felt like they needed to cram in there. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if that was... I think a lot of my judgment from uh, about this movie is partly from my disappointment compared to my expectations, uh, which were specifically of children in this children of the corn movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be like showing up to like a, uh, what are they called? The Woggles? Or is that the 30 Rock Band? The Wiggles? I don't know. Anyway, showing up to like a children's entertainer gig and it's all there's like a mosh pit full of 30 year olds with mortgages <laughs> yeah. and day jobs. It would be it's kind really of confusing. Um, yeah, I think the Woggles is from 30 Rock, but you folks know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, if you don't have anything else you want to check out there about Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. I do not. Do you? Um, no, I want to get out of here. All right. That's fair. Um, so, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Banksy Horror Hut. Uh, next week, I guess we're doing Hellraiser. I-, I am so here for Hellraiser. Yeah, I'm kind of down to chase this, like, feminist, queer-ass... Uh, horror like line of reasoning here so let's sure. let's dig into some leather kink uh in the form of a a schlocky horror movie uh next week that'll be a fun time uh bring your pins and put them in your head because we're <laughs> gonna be looking at pinhead um yeah thanks for listening and uh if you want more content like this because like folks i know this is a new format uh and we're kind of doing a different genre of things that, you know, a genre that's not Keanu Reeves or Tom Hanks or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So if you want more of that content, go over to patreon.com slash hanksypanksy. Check us like a quarter of a latte and you get a whole ocean of content that Sam and I created before Sam went on parental leave, uh, plus a bunch of other fun stuff. Go check that out uh, at your leisure. And if you give us enough money, you too can be one of Hanks's heroes. Folks, that's Tuck and Daniel. And um, I don't think I'd murder you for being over 19. Hmm. That's very generous. Yeah, I think you're safe, uh, even though I am deeply attached to the corn god. Yeah, I think I will spare you guys. Um, we're on all the socials except for Twitter because uh, Elon Musk uh, thinks a town run by children, murderous children, is completely fine and that's disruptive. Uh, and otherwise you can email us at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com. Uh, we have a whole list of things we're waiting to hear from, uh, you folks about, uh, we haven't mentioned it in a while. Uh, if you are, I think a Jew in Ireland, Sam and I would love to hear from you (laughs) (laughs) just sort of what that's about. Uh, and if you're new to this podcast, Sam and I are Jewish, so it's not weird. Um, 
and it's not that weird it's not that weird <laughs> anyway email us about that email us about anything you want uh we will read your letters on air unless you say otherwise which is kind of fun and i think that's it do you have a final quote yeah i do it was it's already been spoiled uh you already got to it but it is bingo oh i'm sorry i, <laughs> I stole your thunder <laughs> it's okay Anyway, check us out next week. We'll be back with Hellraiser.